I'm Dr. Nathan, and this is Vet Talk, the Veterinary Podcast. Since we have had our discussions with Dr. Williams on Parvo, I wanted to go through a few real-life scenarios for everyone. First off, all of these cases I'm about to go over, the animals were not vaccinated. Why is that important? I don't have Parvo cases coming in with animals that I have vaccinated. Sure, we get some that have been infected before the vaccine has had a chance to work, but I rarely see fully vaccinated animals come down with parvo. Vaccines are what prevents the stress of parvo on your dog and yourself. So, case number one, an 11-year-old dog. We had contact with this patient a year ago, giving an over-the-counter dewormer based on the owner's weight. They called today saying their dog has started having seizures. No history of seizures before. We were booked but recommended they come in on daytime emergency so we could evaluate the seizures and get them started with seizure medication if necessary. And here was the first thing that started giving us problems. Once they were in the exam room, they said, oh, by the way, the dog has been vomiting profusely since yesterday. We just started noticing the seizures today. The owners then said they had no record of vaccines as the dog may not have been to the vet since it was a puppy 10 years ago. Well, Sith. My assistant was cursing at herself. Our clinic has protocols. Vomiting and diarrhea or any parvo suspects get brought in a side door to our large animal room where we keep the animal isolated. This is to prevent our clinic from getting infected with the virus and limit the spread of Parvo. Suddenly, we were very concerned about Parvo and knew we would be instituting proper cleaning protocols after this case. Sure, we hadn't asked, but the owner didn't volunteer the vomiting every 15 to 30 minutes either, just that it was having seizures. Oh well, it was close to close and all the patients were out. It would just be more cleaning for us. We explained Parvo to the owner and recommended testing. While we did this, we got a more thorough history and it seemed the dog was covered in fatty nodules for years and for the past few months had been drinking tons of water. Guess what? Parvo test comes back positive. So I start my spiel I give to every dog. Parvo is a virus that affects dogs. It kills rapidly dividing cells, such as intestinal cells and bone marrow. The damage to the intestines causes the diarrhea and vomiting you note. The damage to the bone marrow causes the potential for secondary infections. When you see the first signs of infection, that means your dog was exposed three to seven days ago to the virus. All cases of parvo are dire with a 50-50 chance of survival with medical care and patients can recover or get worse suddenly. While we recommend care at home, if you do not feel you can adequately care for your puppy, please let us know and we can transfer records to a 24-hour care facility. You have individual instructions for your dog, but please remember, isolate your dog from other dogs. Do not let other dogs, especially non-vaccinated dogs, visits. Parvo can survive in the environment for up to two years. Sunlight and bleach at a 1 to 30 dilution will kill Parvo. Your dog can be infective for up to three weeks after the last signs of Parvo have gone away. Please make sure to keep all your dogs up to date on their Parvovirus shots. 
Parvo is usually included in the canine distemper vaccine. Remember, it takes at least two weeks for vaccines to start to become effective after administration, and in puppies under six months of age, we recommend at least three rounds of vaccines a month apart before protection is conferred. Before we got to this dog, we recommended vaccinating the other dogs uh, in, in the house. So, this dog had a temperature of 102.9, not too bad, and the dog weighed about 20 pounds. And here's where it starts getting complicated. So normally we are already getting this dog treated. But when we walked back in the room with the parvo test results, the dog started going into a seizure. I watched the dog for a moment, wanting to see how long the seizure would last and how severe it was. And of course the seizure didn't stop. So breaking even more protocol, I brought the dog back to my treatment area near my controlled drugs. The seizure was taking priority over the contagious parvo. We placed an IV catheter and gave midazolam and started running some fluids. Growing concerned, the seizure did not stop. While doing this, I took some blood and going off increased drinking for months. As part of the history, we ran a glucose test. The test came back greater than 750. My machine could only read to 750. A normal dog's blood glucose should be 120 at the high normal end. I couldn't remember seeing a high glucose this high. I was stunned. We bolused IV fluids and the patient did stabilize a little to the point where we weren't in a full-blown seizure, but ready to go into one at the slightest stimulation. I thought about giving insulin, but that was always something I wrote scripts for and didn't carry that in stock so I could keep prices reasonable for clients. I went back to the owner and informed them severe diabetes and parvo were my diagnosis. Diabetes is complicated to manage and can lead to euthanasia. Parvo leads to death in 50% of cases. These diseases are extremely severe and our dog is not young either. I discussed treatment of both diseases and recommended immediate referral to an emergency clinic which would have more drugs and supplies. After a lot of discussion, the client informed us a referral was not financially possible. I discussed how we did not offer overnight care and at home they would very likely watch the animal pass. The family wished to talk so I gave them the room asking them to let me know how they would like to proceed, trying treatment versus euthanasia. My tech and I watched the time tick by and the dog vomited up dark brown what looked like tissue. I decided to push this along. The dog was suffering. I needed them to make a decision. The decision to euthanize is never easy. A lot of owners feel like they're giving up on their beloved pet, nor do they want a world without their pet. As I look at my pets, I know the same feeling. It wrenches at you deeper than you can realize. But at the same time, I'm telling owners in situations like this, your severely diabetic old parvo dog vomiting it up tissue with few finances available is only suffering and has little chance of survival. They made their decision and I supported it. We euthanized and the diabetic parvo case was at peace. As they paid their bill, they asked me, well, how much does a parvo vaccine cost? At their moment, our parvo vaccine cost $17. I could see it in their eyes. They were kicking themselves for not vaccinating and at the same time wondering where their budget would allow the extra funds to vaccinate. Sometimes I judge and I ask why people don't prevent these problems from occurring. So simple, right? Vaccinate. 
but I've also seen so many people look at their finances and ask if they can eat tonight or if they are going to go hungry. Life isn't easy and disease doesn't help that. On to Parvo case number two. We have a 67.6 pound dog, temperature 99.4, around 11 years old. It has not been to the vet since it was a puppy. Are you sensing a trend here? Usually the, this dog loves eating food. The last week it has guarded its food but barely moved and not eaten anything and has not in about a week. Very little water, if any. It vomited a black goo about two days ago and black diarrhea has been noted as well. The animal looked dull and would respond but mostly just laid during the exam. Uh, both eyes were dilated during the exam. The dog was dehydrated. Heart and lungs were within normal limits. Abdominal palp was doughy but no masses felt. Mucous membranes were yellow to brown and there was jaundiced eyes. The dog is in ha a household with other dogs that have no concerns. These are all indoor dogs. We took some radiographs. There were inflamed intestines and much gas in the intestines. No discernible large masses. Severe spondylosis was noted. So I drew blood for blood work to send off, but we also decided that we should run a parvo test. Again, the top of our list is not parvo in an older dog, but when we figured out this dog wasn't vaccinated, we tested, and guess what? We got a positive. And I started my outpatient treatment when the owner declined a 24-7 emergency hospital. So I gave him a convenient injection to prevent secondary infections spreading out from the gut. A Serenia injection to stop the vomiting, and I gave Serenia tablets to start tomorrow to prevent vomiting at home. Um, the Serenia to me is a good anti-nausea and anti-vomiting thing. I typically mix the Serenia injection with vitamin B which dulls the pain when I'm giving the Serenia and the vitamin B is going to help the GI tract. These dogs are dehydrated and losing fluids through vomiting and diarrhea and not being able to eat or drink. I don't keep dogs overnight, especially parvo dogs, and I do this because for the owner's expense basically and so my clinic is less contaminated with parvo. I also do it because I don't like sick dogs at the clinic when no one is around. So I give sub-Q fluids which will absorb as the body needs it but typically over the next 24 to 48 hours. The more dehydrated they are the faster they absorb. I typically give fluids with dextrose in it so the dog is getting some energy since it's not eating. Then we show the client how to give fluids and send fluids home with them so that as the fluid bumps go down the clients can give more fluids. Our basic way of managing fluids at home is we tell the clients when the fluid bump goes down the dog needs more. Not quite the most scientific way but we figure the slower the bump goes down the less we are making up a fluid deficit. I also send home metronidazole tablets to help the gut. I love metronidazole, it has so many positive effects for the body. Um, we ran blood work as well as I mentioned, but I have to send that off. So when I get the results back the next day or the day after, that is a great time for me to check and see how the dog is doing. Granted, we always tell the owners to call back earlier if they have any questions. So then they are off. This is more work on the owner than going to an ER clinic, but I find it works out better. My clients like working to help their pets. 
they also appreciate the price break. And I'm certainly not telling other vets not to keep Parvo cases at their clinic. I have just noticed there are benefits to both. At a clinic, trained professionals are watching 24-7. At your home, they are more comfortable and less stressed, able to heal better. At the clinic, they're getting more IV drugs than sub-Q drugs. Personally, from sending to clinics or working with people who did keep animals at a clinic, I just don't see a big difference in the success rates between these two methods. So a lot of it comes down to what you think will be best for you and your dog. I have some clients that go to the big clinics because they are afraid of needles. If you as a client can't give a medication, that's a good reason to get your dog somewhere that trained professionals can handle drug administration. Anyway, back to this case. The next day before I got blood work back to the dog owner called. The dog had started seizuring last night uncontrollably. The owner decided to euthanize. We got the blood work back and the dog had multiple organ problems. I told the owner that the organ problems could have been due to or aggravated by parvo. There were liver problems, kidney problems, GI problems, and a UTI. In-house blood work at a big clinic would have gotten those results quicker, but even with those, the owner may have wanted to see how the pet would respond to treatment. And that's fair. We ended up euthanizing this dog so it wouldn't suffer. Case number three. This was seen on daytime emergency as well. Nine puppies presented, six weeks old, all lethargic, and all have diarrhea. One vomited on the way here. The owner gave a distemper parvo last shot last night. The owner dewormed as well the night before. The puppies had not been eating for three days. We ran a fecal. The fecal was negative. We ran a parvo test. It was positive. The weight, approximately 10 pounds for nine puppies. There was a 10th puppy, but that died on the way to the vet clinic. I had my parvo discussion. None of the other dogs the owner had, including the mother, had been vaccinated. The owner declined going to the ER clinic and is okay with at-home care. Here I go again. Convenient injection, Serenia antimedic, fluids and dextrose spiked with vitamin B complex, fluids sent home with the owner, Serenia tablets sent to home to give the, any puppies that are vomiting, Five cans of canned dog food sent home with syringes to mix with water and feed to any that aren't vomiting. Metronidazole was sent home. With this case, I was able to offer canine monoclonal, monoclonal parvo treatment. I hear the effects are good, but the price is outrageous. That is what my client thought as well and declined the product. The next day, the owner brought their other dogs in to get vaccinated. Two puppies had died overnight and the others were looking good. Overall, 6 out of 10 puppies survived. One died before treatment. Two before treatment really had a chance to do much. So with prompt treatment, only one died once our supportive care was on board. So there we are. Vaccinate your animals. Parvo is a deadly disease and preventable. Just vaccinate your animals. The other thing is the question I get the most from other veterinary professionals is do we treat at home or do we treat at the clinic? And again, that's a personal choice for the veterinarians at the clinic. I have treated many at clinics. I have referred to uh, referral hospitals and I have found that this method works the best for my clients and my clinic. 
I like it where dogs can rest at home and I like it where the owners are comfortable working to help their pet get better. And frankly, it saves a lot of money. A lot of the expenses for this that clients incur are at these hospitals when they're getting 24-7 care. And they should rightfully incur those expenses. But a lot of my clients just cannot afford that care, whether it would be at my clinic or at another clinic. So I enjoy having cases that are sent home with medications that the owner can use at home. I feel like it's still very good care and I feel like it is still something that keeps it feasible for the clients to afford. Also that helps me limit the exposure of parvovirus in my clinic which may prevent other outbreaks and make my clinic safer. So there are a lot of reasons you can treat like this. Now there are other things I will do with parvo cases um, depending on blood work I get back. Another drug I use a lot of times is Panicure even if they don't need dewormed because sometimes that Panicure will coat the, the GI tract and soothe the GI tract a little bit. So there's other things I do. These are not comprehensive cases and the not comprehensive to the individual cases I went over today. I just want to give you an idea of how I treat cases and how my clients seem to like it handled. Um, I always give people the option to go somewhere else. I find I don't think I've had one person go somewhere else when I explain the treatment to them. Lastly, again, vaccinate your animals. I am not seeing the animals that have been properly vaccinated by a veterinarian come down with parvo. This disease is preventable, so let's prevent it. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. I hope our discussions are valuable to you and aid in giving perspective. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud. If you find this information helpful and want more content, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash theveterinarypodcast. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theveterinarypodcast. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. If you do find it helpful, please like it, share it, so other people may find it helpful as well.